Hey, everybody. I'm Kelly Ellers. I'm Jeffrey Lonnan. And this is Volume Up by the Tees. So, Jeffrey, I'm still recovering from our interview last week. I mean, the Tabitha Coffee. It doesn't get better than that. I mean, it does, as it turns out, because we've got incredible guests. But Tabitha, I mean, it's Tabitha. Bravo Liberty extraordinaire. I'm just going to keep saying Bravo Liberty because I, I think it's a funny word. She liked it. Like, it, she did you make that up? I, no, 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 no. Of course okay. not. Okay. But I'm not sure that she liked it either, to be honest. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> she said, hmm. And I didn't know if that, based on her accent, was like a good hmm or not. So, all right. You read the Anybody's room better guessed. than I did. Right. <laughs> or worse, depending. But yeah, no. Incredible talk. And yeah, let's... Everybody give some love to, to Tabitha. If you're not already following her, make sure to go over to her feed and see what she's up to with the Back in Style campaign. Love it. If you liked our interview with Tabitha, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at Read the Tease. And send us questions to volume up at thetease.com. On today's episode, we got to interview Hannah Diop, co-founder of Sienna Naturals, a naturally derived ingredient-focused hair care brand for textured hair. Another celebrity-adjacent guest... Recently, actress, writer, producer, director Issa Rae came on as a co-founder. I was so lucky to talk with Hannah about all of the things, uh, how she got started in beauty, and definitely what's in store for the brand. So you guys are not going to want to miss this interview. Have you checked the mailbox today? Uh, not today. <laughs> no, not the I'll mailbox. Oi, that's, that's <laughs> the inbox. Uh, <laughs> you know that you're sending us emails and we're reading them, darn it. So we're keep them, them up. Yeah, don't send them to the mailbox. Speaking of, this is funny, like an interpretation of the mail system from my eight-year-old. He sent a thank you letter to Nani in Florida saying thanks for the gifts. So he wrote the letter, put the letter in the mailbox, called her an hour later and said, did you get the letter? Mm. Mm-hmm. I know, pretty cute, huh? I was like, hey, honey, I mean, it's going to take a couple of days, maybe a couple of weeks with what we're dealing with. I was going to say, Let's be on the safe side. Uh, but that's good Good for him to think that it would be that fast. Literally. That. he Major props to the U.S. Postal Service from Hudson. For giving that impression. <laughs> that despite it all, they could do it that quickly. That's that's beautiful. It is. I went to the post office around the holidays to send Ooh. stuff. And I was prepared for the absolute worst. But things actually wound up getting there like pretty much on time. So, I mean, it's a, it's a crapshoot. What can you do? It- I think that's good because remember I was like, hey, check your your mailbox for your gift. And then I looked at the site and said it's not shipping until mid-February. <laughs> oh, that was like what we did for my in-laws. My wife and I found like the perfect gift mm-hmm. TM. And mm-hmm. turns out that everybody else thought it was the same thing. And so totally. they over allowed orders or something. So basically they canceled our thing when it was like way too late and then sent us a long email and then a voicemail and then they gave us a refund and then they gave us a gift credit. But like- No, you wanted the gift. Like you didn't want the credit or the refund. You wanted the gift to the in-laws. Yeah, that's not good. Yep. (laughs) What can you do? Uh, Here we are. 2021. Oh, we only have 11 more months of saying, oh, just 2021. (laughs) We thought it was over. It's Uh, not. You know- it's the new year. We are devoid of any real time structure with the chaos that we're all experiencing. Indeed. Um, and we're just trying to, you know, grasp at what we can. And I, for one, am grasping at something, which is fitness. For 2021, I got a Peloton. Peloton, <laughs> I think is how they say it on the stupid Pel- app. Oh, Peloton. Yeah, Pel- Peloton. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Do they scream you at sh- you? Like, hey, Pelotons. <laughs> I should That's know, what- I guess. I don't hear that. But I good for you. That, tune it out. Tune mm-hmm. them out. That's the no. key to success on that bike. Uh, but you and I share something, yeah. which is a f- yeah, <laughs> which is anxiety around clipping, clipping it's in, impossible. clipping out. It's it is like you know, coming from someone who broke their ankles. Oh, this is a deep. <laughs> this is a deep <laughs> secret. <laughs> Wow. Broke, no, broke, <laughs> I broke my ankle doing middle school hurdles, like the 400. And my mom being like, you're going to get up and keep going. I was broken around the last stretch. My mom comes from the bleachers and said, get up, Kel. <laughs> It's one of those you can't undo. And mom, I know you're listening. So it's still with me at 41. Yeah. All these years later. That is why I am hesitant to clip in to the Peloton because I think of the worst case scenario. It's hard to clip out. Yeah. Well, so that is, that's really good context for why you have anxiety. Uh I've got zero reason, (laughs) but I can't get my ankle. I can't get them out. I mean, I do. Ultimately, I succeed. Yeah. But mm-hmm. after like too many, too mm-hmm. many attempts to squeeze and pop off. And, and so, yeah, consequently, I don't like doing it at all. Do you wait for your wife to be home just in case you got stuck? <laughs> <laughs> uh, full disclosure, we only do it while each other are okay. home. Mm-hmm. And it's probably a function of that if you mm-hmm. like really want to peel it back. Because <laughs> I, yeah, I could imagine myself being stuck and that would be pretty, pretty bad. If you ever find yourself stuck, will you please take a photo? I, I sure will. I like, I remember even the, like the class or like the little video, the one one that they tell oh, you. Oh yeah. I've watched it. it a million I, times. And I still would be like push and, and I can't, I can't and put your heel down and twist out. Yep. Then I go, Oh, broken ankle. Here we go. Yeah. Anyway, it's dark, you know, find the bad in everything. <laughs> That's the lesson. The beautiful Peloton bike that we are blessed with, but you know, Mm -hmm. we got our problems. Mm -hmm. You know, um, what are you watching right now? Anything outside the usual hot topics on the flicks, the Netflix? Um, So I'm really into HBO Max. Oh, search party. (laughs) Didn't realize that it was there. Apparently, it was TBS. Now it's on HBO Max. So that's something that I'm into. I'm also on the flicks. Very interested in <laughs> uh, Pretend It's a City, which is the Martin Scorsese, Wait, Fran Leibovitz thing. That's in my notes. That's in my notes to talk about. I'm on like episode two and I find so much joy in her, although I'm pretty sure we're polar opposites in every <laughs> sense of the- <laughs> Like you catch me. I mean, I love myself a blazer. Don't get me wrong. But if I am in jeans and cowboy boots strolling down in Manhattan, you know, I've, I've fallen off the deep end. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it works for Fran. It I feel like totally it's totally works for her. It's a look. It's her look. If you did Signature. that, yeah, I would probably. I'd be concerned for you. Yeah. Um, Send my favorite is how often she says, "In other words," like she'll oh. say some sort of declaratory statement, and then she'll yeah. say, "Like in other words," and then she'll say something else that's related. And I, but it's like a little tick that I find fascinating. Huh. All right, now I'm going to listen to that because I actually just started watching last night. That's and- very good. I love that Scorsese interviews her and he's just beside himself with laughter and joy. Beside himself. I mean, it's it's wholesome, pure content for 
for 2021. It's what we needed, honestly. We it makes totally me want to go to New York, which I obviously cannot do, right. which is a bummer. But yeah, love it. How many faux pas things have you done at New York that absolutely irritate the shit out of her? Probably everything. I mean, I'm the <laughs> one that's on my phone. I'm the one that's walking into people. I'm the, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Get into it. Pretend it's the city. Speaking of the news, there's mm-hmm. lots happening on the tease.com. Uh, our editorial team, as always, has been very hard at work uncovering all of the latest things that are happening in the industry, diving into brands that you should know, you don't know, maybe, yeah. but you should, you should. definitely mm-hmm. know. Uh, and here are favorite headlines from the tease.com this week. Kelly, what yeah. are you liking? Okay, one of my all-time favorite salons in and salon owners is the Harlot Salon with Morel Koken, the oh-so-famous, well-known, total badass personality for days. Uh, Morel has been a staple in our industry for so long, and we did a little tour. We swung around, took a little look at the salon on the Tease Tours, which is a really cool new segment that we're doing. So you know, back to that, send us some mail in our inbox. (laughs) If you want your salon featured, check it out there. So her whole mantra is where upscale meets naughty and it's a provocative space and so well-designed. So sending you much love, Morel. Yeah. Something that I'm really into on the site is something we've talked about before, which is Bridgerton. Uh, Mm -hmm. One of our editors wrote this whole piece about the meanings behind Queen Charlotte's wigs. Uh, which is actually kind of fascinating. It's not kind of, it is fascinating. There's so much to sort of unpack. uh, And Camille does so really artfully. uh, Went into Adam James Phillips, who's one of the hairstylists, Mm. Instagram, got all of the deets on all of these looks uh, and just documented everything. Uh, And I found it to be a really interesting read. So if you liked Bridgerton, you might want to check out that article. I love it. I like how her wigs were like, I think in the last season, which I watched, or the last episode, which I watched three times, it was too much for me to digest just once. Her whole wig was made of like white bows. Like, I don't know. It was amazing. So I yeah, can't no, imagine the, the artistry. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It like, and again, the, the article goes into a lot of detail, which you should definitely check out. So ornate and I the know. thinking behind and the inspiration. I mean, it's, it's incredible. Love, love that. And you guys will too. It makes the show like those details and our awesome professionals behind the scenes, like mm-hmm. hitting the hair on the mark, the the makeup, the grooming, you know, it's it's pretty fantastic. So kudos to everyone who worked on Bridgerton. You know, my next one up is Color Space. I love the team. I'm so much love today <laughs> over at Color Space, Ray Civello and his team and Lupe Voss um, officially launched Color Space. We've talked about it for about a month, kind of preceding it, but they are hair color masters and they, after being involved with many high profile brands, owning salons, educating across the world, uh, they, they're doing it themselves now. And it's, it's just great. I love to see people make that leap. You know, and finally, for me, there's a really, really cool brand that's making an entrance into the pro space. It's called Lange, L apostrophe A-N-G-E, if you're looking for the spelling. And they're saying, hey, pros, you know what? We're going to support you. And they're really taking that support a couple layers deeper. So if you utilize the hashtag Lange supports stylists on Instagram, they're taking a look at those images, curating them down and be like, these are awesome. They're actually going to put paid advertising dollars to support you in your local market for awareness. So again, Lange supports stylists. It'll be in the show notes, but kudos to them. Happy to support them here on the tease. 
As always, so much going on. Thank you to our hardworking editors on thetease.com. We are proud to publish the stories that salon pros and consumers care about. Kelly, I cannot wait for you to hear this interview with Hannah Diop of Sienna Naturals. She's got so much going on with the brand. The Issa Rae connection is a new angle. Yeah. Uh, Multi-hyphenate extraordinaire who recently just announced that the fifth season of Insecure is going to be the last one. So that happens between talking to her and yeah, but an incredible lady uh, who built the business from scratch uh, is super, super dedicated to natural ingredients uh, for textured hair, uh, all about scalp care. We had a really interesting conversation uh, and I think that you guys are going to love it. So can't wait. Tell us what you think after. Hi, Hannah. Thank you so much for being with us on the Volume Up podcast. Crazy times for our country and for the industry. For me, this is a little break from my Twitter feed um, and from my thumbs. Um, that said, our editors are absolutely obsessed with Sienna Naturals. We've covered you a couple of times. We know that our listeners are going to be thrilled. Clean care for textured hair that works. Let's get started. Excellent. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for covering Sienna Naturals. I'm, I love to hear that you guys are excited about what we're doing. We're thrilled. Hannah, for those who may not know about you or your brand, how the heck did you get started in beauty? I always say that Sienna Naturals has been with me since I was a child. I mean, I truly feel like I'm sort of manifesting um, some inner child dream um, with this brand, but I also feel called to it in a way where, you know, I just, I I can't ignore it and, and I have to do it. So, you know, I kind of always have to start with my story growing up as a kid. And I grew up in a very naturally inclined family. So what that means is like, I think compared to most people, it was pretty extreme. Like we had, I had a lot of allergies and sensitivities. So in addition to a Western doctor, I also went to a naturopath and I had remedies and tinctures that I would take. I also had acupuncture. I received massage therapy. I went to a chiropractor and we were members of community supported agriculture. So we had, you know, a farm where we would volunteer and work and um, get fresh organic produce around year round. And, you know, my mom's philosophy was really, really to to kind of really take care of what you put in your body and to focus on giving us the most nutrient dense, you know, natural foods. And that naturally extended to our personal care routines and our beauty routines. And so her instinct was, let me go to the co-op, the natural food store and pick up hair care for the family. So we would go in there, we had our reusable containers, we would go to the pumps and we would start getting our shampoo and conditioner, but then bring it home and and realize like I was using, you know, gobs and gobs and gobs of conditioner in my hair and it just wouldn't detangle. So this very early impression on me was that there was something inherently wrong with my hair uh, because they didn't have a shampoo offering for me at the store. So that left a really big impression on me and stuck with me. And then you fast forward to uh, being an adult. My sister became pregnant with my niece and went to the natural food store to buy product. And yet again, was like very disappointed with the offering. And I'm like, wow, this is still an issue. I can't believe this. And, And so it just became something I wanted to do. And I think for textured hair care in particular, 
performance is extremely important in a product. And so for a clean product to work, it also has to be effective. It has to perform to our expectations because if it ends up damaging our hair or making it feel like super dry and brittle, we're not gonna keep using it regardless of how good it is for the environment. So my mission with Sienna Naturals was to really create a wellness product that feels good, that performs in our hair, but is made with clean ingredients. And then also is is moving the needle on the health of our hair and scalp while we use it. So really, I think of it as a wellness brand. So, I mean, you touched on this as the sort of inner child manifesting this brand. How would you describe your relationship with your hair now? Now that you are this brand founder, you are helping all of these other women. Talk to us about what your relationship is like now with hair. Um, Women and men, I mean, we're helping a lot of people. I think for me, you know, it's interesting because from high school, I went to college at Howard University and I studied business. And then I went, I worked in business. I did a master's degree in business education. So I kind of developed this toolkit. And, you know, my experience as a woman in corporate America was that if I wore my hair in its natural state, I was going to get attention for my hair. And I didn't really love that. I wanted to get attention for my work. I wanted to get attention for my mind and my smarts. And so I tended to wear my hair straight, heat straightened. I still do wear my hair heat straightened quite a bit, but I also like to wear it natural um, as it is right now. So I think to me, like I wanted to create a product that would, regardless of what we kind of have to do to our hair to, to show up in a way where we feel comfortable and feel our best, I wanted to create a product that would help bring it and restore the health of our hair and scalp afterwards so that we can continue to express ourselves however we want. And I think like self-expression can be complicated, right? But I feel like you should always feel empowered to, to show up the way you feel most authentic and most comfortable. Um, and whether that's, you know, putting on your shield of armor of heat straightening when you go to a corporate job or wearing your hair naturally curly because that's who you are and you're embracing it. And, and I think, you know, many industries have come a long way. You know, I sort of started in banking and more traditional industry, but I think like, you know, in the tech world, like natural hair is kind of the norm. So, but I think, you know, my goal was really to make it flexible because I don't want to put a box around anyone or tell anyone, like, I think the last thing we need as women with textured hair is someone telling us how we should wear our hair or what we should do to it. And so I really wanted to create this freedom with the product that would, you know, I'm here to take care of the hair and scalp health, and you can continue to express yourself however you want to show up in the world, how you feel empowered and how you feel, how you feel best and most beautiful. And Sienna Naturals will be here to, to help, you know, undo the stress of whatever you've done to your hair. And we could all use a little unstressing, de-stress. Let's let's all just take a minute for that. That's incredible. I mean, there's nothing more empowering than that message. I mean, the the why is beautiful. That's why our editorial team has really been sort of enamored with the brand. But talk to us a little bit about the how. So, I mean, you started in banking and finance. How did we actually create this brand? How did you get into hair? product development, research, like what, like, where did you even start? Talk to us about that. Have you seen like the 1980s Bette Miller, Lily Tomlin, big business movie? I'm a big Lily Tomlin fan. So, (laughs) okay. So, you know, you you go up, you walk down Fifth Avenue. No, Um, (laughs) the how is 
The how is actually, it's really interesting. And I mean, I kind of just got started. That's like the easiest way to describe how I started. But I, you know, I mean, I have a business background. So of course I wrote this massive strategy document. I did a a lot of research on the market to understand how big is the market? How fast is it growing? Where should I enter? I want to do clean, but how can I do this in a relevant way? But, you know, honestly, that was me coming from this big corporate mentality. And then it's like, okay, sweetheart, guess what? You're party of one doing this thing, right? Like no one is here for your 80 page deck, throw that out the window. All right. What are you actually doing? I, I started with a trade show with a beauty trade show. There was this big trade show in New York city that would take place every year. And, um, and I went to that trade show and I was like, well, this is where the industry comes to work, to find, to find connections and partners. And so I'm going to start here. And I really went there and I just networked for three days straight and came away with a full stack of business cards and um, just started to ask questions, get to know people, understand, you know, how do I build these formulas? I quickly realized that I needed a scientist because I needed product. And, mm-hmm. and I tried to watch YouTube videos and make product on my own. And But what I wanted to do differently Because I think, you know, the easiest way to get started in beauty is you go find a contract manufacturer and you white label a product from them. But I wanted to have my products, you know, be special. They had to be clean, but they had to perform for textured hair. And I couldn't find any, you know, off the shelf product that did that. So I had to hire an expert. Um, So I started working with a chemist who actually is a African black woman um, who's nice. Nigerian of Nigerian descent. And so, you know, she was really, she was really excited to work on this project too, because she's worked for a number of major hair care brands and, you know, textured hair hadn't really been the focal point. Um, So it was a really a passion project for both of us. And we would get together Saturday mornings and formulate. So, I mean, like, but with that, which is incredible in itself, where did you start? Like, which did you know you were going to go to market with? Is it like the the detangler talking about sort of your own upbringing? Like, where did you even begin to sort of think through which product to formulate? Well, so Sienna Naturals, I started it many years ago. And Mm -hmm. I actually pivoted the brand, the whole entire uh, purpose of the brand. I really started with this focus on the mother-child relationship, because that was kind of the origins of my beauty story with hair care, right? And so I wanted to create a product that was good for mom. You could use safe for pregnancy. You could use it on your hair. You could use it on your children's hair. And then I had, I also used to have a body product, a body cream product. So it was kind of like this personal care line. Um, But what I found was like, it was really hard for me to, to approach the market from this broader standpoint. And over time and through like working, I mean, I was, I was selling product. Then I, I, kind of transitioned and I started focusing on just sort of family more generically, but still from a personal care angle. And I used to work in markets in Manhattan. So I would work, I would like schlep my suitcase up and down. I would go to Brooklyn and do a market, do a night. I did a night market in Brooklyn. That was really fun. And I would sell product and, but, you know, it was a lot of hard work, a lot of weekend work, you know, it's kind of exhausting labor, but the beauty of that was I got to connect in person with all of these customers. And then I would start to see repeat customers. And so we would have more and more in-depth conversations. And what I came to realize was that my customer, what they loved about Sienna Naturals was that it helped their scalp feel better. It helped their hair feel better. 
and hair and scalp was such a focus. And there was so much need there. There were so many problems to solve that needed the attention of a clean product regimen that I started to get this concept of like, oh, we need to think about textured hair care, like, like a skincare. It needs its own skincare regimen. And so that's where this idea of really focusing on hair and scalp health and kind of lasering in and kind of being more focused there was born out of. Um, so that's sort of the current iteration of the brand. And then people were like, yes, this is exactly what I need. And then things started to kind of grow from there pretty quickly. So we're going to get into that snowballing. I mean, we talked about this briefly. I mean, you sort of addressed that your initial scientist chemist had talked about maybe beauty not necessarily getting textured hair. Um, historically, there's been an awful lot of othering urban ethnic categories are sort of bandied about. Um, there's not a lot of variety and certainly clean products for textured hair is very much novel. Um, so how does Sienna Natural show up for textured hair and for black women? You know, when I look at the market and I think about why brands have focused on styling products, the traditional route into the consumer was a sell her a styler that will hold her curls in a perfect way. You know, because we as black women face so much scrutiny, particularly in the workplace, you know, based on how we're perceived, based on our hairstyle and that amount of that pressure. So, you know, research that went into the Crown Act, 80% of black women feel pressure to alter their hair from its natural state in order to be successful in the workplace, that really, I think, is an insight into why there hasn't been a clean offering in the past. Because the final look and the final outcome and the final style has been paramount. So that the consumer kind of has compromised on everything else, including the health of her hair and scalp to get there. But what happens is if you're compromising on the health of your hair and scalp while you're achieving these styles, you're going to undermine the health of your hair. You could lose, you could start losing your hair. Alopecia from styling product, from styling um, consequences is the number one cause of hair loss for black women, particularly around, you know, the very front, the edges area. Mm -hmm. um, and that's from a number of things. That's from, you know, product buildup in the scalp and, and a lack of sort of clearing and cleaning out the scalp. That's from tension, from wearing uh, weaves, wigs, and extensions. It's from harsh chemicals, from styling products. So that, you know, wanting to show up and, and, and understanding that insight that like, okay, the consumer has driven a lot of this demand for styling products and a lot of that focus. And brands are like, okay, if, she, if that's what's most important to her, that's where I'm going to put the emphasis. And I, so I think it was take, my experience was like, no, we do want clean products, but they have to perform. And, you know, what I see all a lot in reviews of my product line, because I don't have any styling products yet. Um, not that I would never make them, but I really wanted to very squarely and clearly start with a treatment focus and a health focus. Uh, but I see customers are like, oh, I stopped using my styler. Like, I don't have any styling products in my hair right now. Um, so when you're using products that, that are building the health of your hair, that are kind of chemically formulated and considering the, the chemistry of your hair and your hair type, you can make a product that will give you a beautiful hairstyle outcome without using these drying and kind of heavier product uh, ingredients that 
traditionally go into styling products that can can lead to those health consequences. Speaking of what you just talked about in terms of the ingredients and sort of safety being paramount um, so that it's not compromising Mm -hmm. hair's texture, clean has been thrown around a lot within the beauty space. Uh, So what does clean care mean to Sienna Naturals? Well, so I think, you know, the interesting thing about beauty and, and I see this in food too, is there's so much innovation. There's constant innovation, right? So you really have to go ingredient by ingredient and you want to strike this balance of being innovative, but also being doing your homework and being responsible and making sure that the ingredient passes your clean tests. And so, you know, I have a cosmetic chemist who helps me navigate this space. We talk to the chemical companies, we talk to the companies and the suppliers of the ingredients that we use, but also there's the environmental working group, which is a website. And I I really look at clean as, I, I define it as ingredients that are no, not known to cause any harm. So there's no history of, of this ingredient causing harm and also, being naturally derived. So it's not derived from a synthetic source or petrochemical source um, or mineral oil. And then it also has to be, so it has to be safe for your hair, safe for your skin, your scalp and your body, and then also safe for the environment. So there are ingredients that might not technically be harmful to the skin, but they are derived from petrochemicals and therefore they're not good to put down the drain and, and back into our water system. How do you then, and the brand by extension, view sustainability? I mean, clean is part of that, um, but in right. terms of the sort of uh, generation of waste within beauty and hair in particular with packaging and shipping and all of that. So what is your take on on that component of, of the, the business? Right. So I think it's to be as sustainable as possible and to make it an active goal for the brand. Um, we right now, all of our bottles are PET category one recyclables. That's curbside recyclable. That is actually very rare in the beauty industry that your packaging can just be thrown into the recycling bin. So that like we are actually, I would give us a pretty strong grade on that front. Um, there are components. So our closures are made out of multiple materials and so those some of them are category five which means you have to drop them off to recycle Mm -hmm. and um, some of them are not recyclable but when you look at the overall um the overall like right now i'd say we're pretty great and and it is one of our goals to continue to improve in this space pivoting a little bit i mean we talked about this in terms of you doing a lot of research and probably because of your background um and also not only your business background but your hair story um Mm-hmm. that you've done a lot of self-education as regards product safety and effectiveness. Um, what are ways that the industry, sort of hair and beauty generally, can do better uh, in terms of educating itself and consumers about textured hair and care and styling needs? Yeah, I think this is a great question. I'm actually going to be speaking on a panel. Uh, I'm so honored to get this Plug invitation. It. Speak on a panel for the New York Society of Cosmetic Chemists. I was like, oh my God, this is like, I, I just like throw conventions and nerd out because I love talking to chemists. I love meeting with them, but I am not a chemist. I don't have a chemistry background, but I've learned so much building this brand. Um, and I think, you know, I'm, I'm going to go and I'm going to share my story, but I think one message I hope, I hope to deliver there is that representation is so important. And so it's not just hiring black cosmetic chemists to help with the formulation so that they know that they work. I think a lot of brands have traditionally formulated 
and and you you kind of have to you have to understand the consumer and where she is in order to get the formula right because if i were to stop heat straightening my hair a year from now my hair follow, my hair strand is going to be different so depending on how you style your hair your stage of life you you need to bring these consumers into your clinical trials and into just the entire the entire um, sort of structure of how these chemical companies develop products and develop new, I'm calling them chemicals because that's like the technical name, but how they develop these new ingredients, they need to really look at um, this core audience and bring them into every step of the way. Not just saying that you know that this ingredient tends to work for this, so therefore you're gonna skip the trial or the trial is gonna be done on a different texture of hair. It's, it's making sure that that representation is throughout the entire, um, the entire process and really bringing that, I think, the target consumer into, into your process. Love, love that. Uh, I think 2020 has taught us that representation is the minimum and brands are needing to catch up. And so we're excited that you're going to be bringing this heavy into 2021. Um, something that we'd covered on the tease uh, was a breaking news item. Uh, later in 2020, uh, there was a big announcement that, in fact, Sienna Naturals had a co-owner. How in the world did you get in touch with Issa Rae? Like, what? Yeah. I know. Actually, I've known Issa for many years. And so she has really seen me build the products over time. And I remember like I was living in New York and she would come out to New York right when she was sort of starting to sort of do these press circuits or, you know, do work in New York or um, between New York and L.A. And whenever she would come, I would give her some product to try. And she'd be like, wow, this product feels so good in my hair. This is amazing. Like, you really have something here. And I was like, oh, thank you. And, um, and so she was like, no, seriously, like, we sh if, like I want to support. Like, how can I be helpful? And I'd be like, okay, can you put it in an Instagram post? Or, you know, so she did that. Can you put it on the show? So she put it in the show background a few seasons ago. It's old packaging. You don't have to look for it. Um, but... And then, you know, she was just like, look, I'm serious. Like, I, I think you have something here. So a few years later, I actually, I got into this Target takeoff program, which is like Target's accelerator program for indie beauty. Like it, my cohort was focused on beauty, but they also have, they have different cohorts, but it's really Target's way to help brands develop and get ready to launch in retail retailers. And, um, you know, at the conclusion of this program, I realized, wow, I've got something here. And I had two investors approach me, two women, and they were like, this value proposition is, is really something. And, you know, we think this is viable. Like you could, you should try to fundraise and, um, you know, and, and grow this business. And so at that moment, I was like, ah, let me approach Issa and see if she's still interested. And Thankfully she was, you know, she's very busy and she has a lot of projects going on. But what we did was we really, we got together myself, her, some of her team members and really planned out how we could make this partnership work because she, she, you know, number one, she's a huge supporter of black creators and she has an eye for talent, right? What can we say? And she's just phenomenal. I mean, she really is, you know, that 
like kind of Beyonce effect where you're like, how does she have the same amount of time in the day that I have? She she is that person. She is that person. She's, she's super smart and really kind. Um, but also like, you know, kind of very strategic knows what she wants. And, and so, so yeah, so, so so she came on board and, um, became a co-owner in the business and has really helped steer the ship. She, help weigh in on the redesign of our packaging for the brand. And she helped weigh in on, you know, future products that we're going to be coming out with. And she really Can tried. you tease anything? You guys have to stay tuned. Okay. All right. um, but in 2021, we have a lot of, we have a lot of exciting things lined up for 2021. So stay tuned. It will be coming. News will be coming. Um, but no, she really gives feedback and she's not going to green light something. If she's not into it. And so, you know, we iterate. And so we iterate and we iterate with her braid schedule. We iterate with her work schedule. Um, but it, it's really wonderful to have her as a part of this. And I think, you know, she's bringing her audience to a brand was, it was really important for me to have Issa as the muse and as the face, because I knew we were cracking into this latent demand for clean products within the textured hair care space. And she's such an icon in terms of textured hair I mean, all the styles that she has on Insecure. And I think, you know, to be honest, Issa, when she launched, I don't know if you've watched Awkward Black Girl, but that first yes. episode of her web series, Awkward Black Girl, hair politics was at the forefront mm-hmm. right there with like Boss Lady. And she's had a voice in this category already. She's had a strong voice. So um I think it's just been, it's been really wonderful having her as a part of this. Well, we are so happy for you. We are so happy for her. We are thrilled. We cannot wait for the things that are to come. We know that there's big stuff in store. So make sure that you let us know so that we can let everybody here listening and on the web know about it. All right. This is the time before we wrap where we do quick takes. So we are going to ask you the questions that we ask of all of our guests. We're looking for your hottest, hottest, quickest take. Uh, think of it as a wind down, um, looking for top of mind, nothing to overthink here. So the first thing that we've got, bar soap or body wash? Body wash. Nobody's picked bar soap so far, but we feel like there's going to be someone, again, in the sort of clean, sustainable, you should be doing it. I feel guilty about it. Anyway. All right. Let it be known. Body wash. Right. Well, let's see. Let's see. I, you know, a glycerin bar soap is okay. It's just the residue that you get from a bar soap, you know? So maybe that's going to be on my list for CNN. <laughs> when you go back into skincare. All right. All right. Um, we'll see what happens. Yeah. All right. Separately from bar soap body wash, a product that you're loving right now, and it can be your own. We will allow you to plug Sienna Naturals. Oh, wonderful. I mean, honestly, my whole family, we use Sienna Naturals and I was sold out the product for so many months that my hair was desperate. Like I, I love- You don't have the plug? You don't have the hookup for your own stuff? What's going on? I could literally make it. I didn't have to do that. So I, um, I am really loving the do magic. I put the do magic in my hair with some daily elixir and ooh, I am ready. I'm ready for the world. Okay. All right. Uh, what are you streaming? We talked insecure. We're not, we've got a season to come. So you're probably caught up there. What else is on your radar? What are you watching? What are you listening to? Yes. So I'm really loving the Senegalese crime drama, Sako and uh, Mangan, Mangane, Mangane. 
I honestly don't really know how to pronounce it, but it's, it's very cool. And it has like some elements of wish witchcraft and some um, sort of traditional, I guess, folklore from Senegal. So my last name is Jope. My husband's actually half Senegalese. And so we watched the show together and, and I love that I get to see Senegal. I haven't actually been to Senegal yet, even though I source a lot of my ingredients from Senegal um, through tra fair trade yeah, suppliers. So I love that it gives me this look into, you know, a place that we will go one day and that, you know, re relates back to my children's heritage. Amazing. Love that. And fingers crossed for, for travel in 2021, maybe 2022. Uh, yep, please. Oh Next, <laughs> Next quick take. Real talk words of advice for someone who wants mm -hmm. to get the top of our industry. So beauty, hair, what do you have to say to them? You have to do something that's authentic and you have to be solving a real need. I think we're in, a, in an age now where the consumer wants to know more about every product that they're using and beyond the product. And I really love this about where the consumer is going and I hope it continues. Really who's behind the brand and why are they behind the brand and who's making the product and how are they making the product? And um, you know, where is it being manufactured? How is it being manufactured? What's the sustainability play? And so I think, I think you have to be, you have to be solving a real problem. You have to be authentic, clean as table stakes. Like Sienna Naturals, yes, it, it is a clean brand, but you know, it's been clean since I started working on this. That's been in, in its DNA. It's not the why, it's the performance element. It's the impact it has on your hair. It's the problems that I'm solving for my customer. That's, that's what's going to, that's what differentiates Sienna Naturals. Boom, beautiful. Last thing before we wrap, 2021 predictions for our industry. What do you have to say? 2021 predictions. I think sustainability, it will continue to be paramount. I see, because I see brands taking it seriously and retailers starting to take it more seriously. I think all the challenges that have been, you know, all the challenges we faced coming out of this kind of pandemic environment and this very, this geopolitical local political, race political environment will impact the industry. And I hope to see black founders represented better across even the general product categories. Because I, I, to tell you the truth, you know, these products are designed for textured hair. I have many customers who love this brand that don't necessarily identify as having textured hair. And the truth is, is that they're just made better and they're they're made to work on textured hair. So of course they're going to work on, you know, straight hair. I, I would love to see black founders in 2021, just represented across even general product categories. Hana, thank okay. you so much for your time today. Before we wrap, where can our listeners find you and where can they shop Sienna Naturals? Well, they can find me on SiennaNaturals.com um, and the Sienna Naturals Instagram handle. I mean, I don't really fancy myself much of a, of a social um, influencer type, although I, 
I have my, my profile personally is open right now to the public. I don't know how long I will keep it that way, but I'm trying to take a step into out of my comfort zone into the public world um, because I know that my customer is looking for that connection, or at least she wants to understand more about who's behind the brand. Um, So that's where you can find me on SiennaNaturals.com at SiennaNaturals on Instagram, Twitter, sign up for our emails. You'll hear from us and uh, we're good people. Come check us out. We'll, we talk to you. We like to talk to good people. You heard it here. Smash the follow button, sign up, subscribe, all of those things. <laughs> Hannah, thank you so much for your time. We really, really appreciate it, especially given all of the craziness of our current moment. Thank you again. Have a good one. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you so much. So Jeffrey, what was one thing that stood out from the interview? I think that the, the sort of how this all came to be stuck out to me the most. I mean, she talked about a really deep connection, Hana, uh, that she has with hair uh, and growing up and sort of natural remedies that were part of her childhood um, and really caring about her hair's integrity uh, and just seeing a lot of white space in the market for someone like her, knowing that there were a million folks that are also interested in these things. So I just felt like the thinking behind the brand was so interesting uh, and just illustrates where we're at in 2021 right like the co-founders are so much smarter about coming to market uh than you know brands that are a little bit older shall we say it's thoughtful you know it's thoughtful they're filling a void it's needed so check out the show notes for all of her contact information to connect be sure to hit subscribe rate and review and follow us on instagram facebook twitter youtube and tiktok at Read the Tees and send in questions to volume up at thetees.com. Remember, we're checking. Volume Up is a Tees Media production. This episode was produced by Monica Hickey and Stephen Jabrand. Thank you to our creative team, Kay Reynolds and Haley Hefner, for putting together the graphics for this episode, and to Josh Landowski for editing so that you can watch and listen to us on YouTube.